Step one, microphone on. Sound speeds and mic check. I want to be able to see you. I want to be able to look you in the eye. Check. One, two, one, two, and check. One, two, one, two. Check. One, two, one, two, and check. One, two, one, two. And then we throw it back to me, and I said, <laughs> now check. One, two, one, two. Check. One, two, one, two. She said, check. One, two, one, two. I hate us. I got to stop. <laughs> Kramer, Elaine, George, Jerry, Larry, that's, that's, that's the Deal Pod Podcast for your hosts. Kramer, Elaine, George, Jerry, Larry, that's, that's, that's the Deal Pod Podcast for your hosts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to That's the Deal Podcast. Hey! It's been so long, I didn't know which uh, channel the theme song was on. I was just remembering those lyrics. I was also remembering, as it was playing, I was like, yeah, remember this? Remember when that asshole made our theme song in five minutes? Yeah. And can I tell you, so many people said they hated this theme song, Mm -hmm. and then a month later, they're like, I fucking love it. It grows. It does grow. Yeah. Much like the man himself. Um, okay, this is That Still Podcast. Yeah. We have been gone for so long. Ooh, I think since October? Yeah. How long is that? Like six months? Oh, mo- We have no more. reason to be gone. No. None. I can't believe it's been this long. Yeah. What's wrong with us? We're bad people. We love doing this, too, and we just <laughs> didn't do it. No. Do we have a reason why? We can make one up. Okay, real talk. Why didn't we do this? Um... Hmm. What's happened since we've been gone? I don't know. Okay. How about we start from the start? <laughs> I'm Danielle. This is my friend Jacqueline. Hi. We have a podcast called That's the Deal Podcast. And it's primarily about Seinfeld, but a lot of times we kind of just shoot the shit and catch up because we're friends. Yeah. It's nice. And then people complain about it. Yeah. Like, fuck you guys. But then other people like it. Yeah. We like them. Yeah. Um, speaking of those people that like it we see all of your comments <laughs> on twitter on facebook what have you asking us to come back and i've been saying forever yeah we're coming we're coming and it's because we were i was at that time editing an episode mm-hmm. that we had in the chamber but that episode is gone the, we actually recorded two episodes and they just weren't getting cut they're yeah. just they, they're gone yeah that's okay <laughs> they're just gone so we decided we're gonna pick up um, in a later episode, and you're just we're just gonna miss uh, the last episode of um, season season four, episode four. Yeah, episode five, maybe even episode six. So, what have we like? What's been going on? Why have we been? Why have we been so not around? <laughs> that sound you hear is uh, the puppy that I have. I bought a puppy not too long ago. Well, okay, let's go on with what's changed. I moved. Yeah. I live downtown Toronto now. I'm no longer a commuter, which you think would free up time to record. It would, yeah. But we have not. No. Every time that I would come over here, we would just chill the fuck out. Yeah, I've been more tired lately and less interested in spending more time doing things, more work. Yeah. I get it. And I don't know why, because I love this is fun. Yeah. But just the idea of sitting down and editing a podcast 
Because it takes us seriously, like, believe it or not, it takes a fair bit of time to edit out all our ums uh, mm-hmm. and the dumb things that we say we regret later. Yes. And just the pauses and the lapses. Did she just <laughs> fart? <laughs> she just farted. And it sounded like someone going, oh, did you hear that? <laughs> yes. Okay, this is perfect. We have a little French bulldog dog that's running around at her feet farting. <laughs> Could not be better. Really setting the mood here. Oh, man. We, we were in our busy season for work, too, which we've mentioned in the past. Yeah. That is now over. We really have no excuse. So at this point, we're just going to we're just going to record. We're going to yeah. fall back in love with recording. So thanks for being patient. Yeah. And if you if you gave up on us and then which you, someone did. Yeah. And then you got the notification through your podcast app that a new one has been released and you're giving us a second chance. Thank you. Welcome back, baby. Yeah. We'll take you back. Oh, we'll always take you back. I never stop loving you. Yeah, we're old faithful. Nothing like the love of a good woman. 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 All right. I'd say housekeeping, but we've been gone for so long. <laughs> There's really... And can I say, maybe it's just like we needed a break from doing this. It could very well be. Because during the break, I watched no Seinfeld. Neither. Maybe what happened was the election happened, and I just... I have not watched funny tv shows i've only been watching the news for a really long time it's only been up until like the last month where i've introduced comedies back into my television watching i was literally only watching the news that's jacqueline yeah no she's been obsessively watching cnn all the time just to see what's going on how the world's changing yada 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 and only recently have i started watching colbert which is Mm -hmm. largely political and then seth meyer same thing and now i started watching archer and a couple of other shows but I'd see Seinfeld on and I had no desire to watch it. Cause did it feel like work? Is that why? Yes, it felt like yeah. work. Okay. All right, on to the episode. Are you ready to dive in to the first Seinfeld episode you've watched in like seven months, six months, whatever time it's been? Yes. And sadly, we missed 420. Oh man. So if you guys want another 420 episode, because I feel like that's still my favorite. We were just such goofs. If you want to listen to another 420 episode, let us know in the comments on Facebook. Yeah, and we'll go procure some pot. We'll do like 420.5 or 420 plus one. Mm-hmm. So today, <laughs> today, <laughs> okay. In today's episode, we're going to be watching The Bubble Boy which is uh, the 47th episode of the series. It is uh, episode six of season four, released on October 7th, 1992, written by Larry Charles and Larry David, directed by Tom Sharonis. Let's jump into it. Have you ever called someone up and you're disappointed when they answer the phone? (laughs) You wanted the machine, you know, and you're always kind of thrown off. You go, oh, I I didn't know you were there. I... uh... Just wanted to leave a message saying, sorry, I missed you. So here what we have is two people hate each other, don't really ever want to talk, but the phone machine is like this relationship respirator keeping these marginal brain-dead relationships alive, and we all do it. Why? So that when we come home, you can see that little flashing red light. You go, all right, messages. You see, people need that. It's very important for human beings to feel that they are popular and well-liked amongst a large group of people that we don't care for. I wanted to play that because I feel like it outlines the overall theme of this particular episode. Mm-hmm. It's like the social obligation to maintain a relationship or initiate a relationship, even though you don't really feel comfortable and you don't really want to do it. No, it's the niceness that we feel we need to portray. 
And it's funny that we're watching this episode because Jacqueline and I went for an ice cream break because <laughs> God knows we earned it. And I was retelling the story of how I have like a social obligation coming up and I don't really want to go. And by social obligation, I mean a friend of mine wants to meet up and I've just kind of been like, yeah, yeah. In fact, a lot of friends have been trying to meet up with me. I've been absent, much like we've been absent with the uh, the podcast. And then, lar- you know what? Largely that's due to just we have a busy schedule in the winter season. Right. We have anything else to say on that? Um, I'd, we can talk a bit about how it's no longer the voicemail. It's a text message, or it's a Facebook message, or it's, uh, oh my god, next time I'm in town, let's for sure hang out, and then you never follow through. It's the little breadcrumbs that you leave behind of just like, yeah, let's definitely maintain this relationship, even though you have no intention of maintaining it. See, I feel like that bothers me more because it's like it's yet another thing to put on my to-do list. I feel mm-hmm. like if I put something on my to-do list, aka I need to hang out with this person, I need to see this person, that feels as real as I need to pay my bill on the 15th of the month. Right. It's just something in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, fuck, I have to do it. And then every day I don't do it, I, I feel bad. Which, this is like really, unfortunately, this is kind of a bummer, but I had a friend of mine who recently passed away. Right. And um, she was sick over a very short period of time. So I essentially found out that she had stage four cancer a um, couple, like since my birthday. My birthday's yeah. the end of February. It was very, very quick. And I just found out that she passed away two weeks ago. Her funeral was last Friday. And the shitty thing is, like, we, we had talked while she was in the hospital, but I kept having this um, need to to reach out, to check up on her. And I would just get busy with work. You know, work would always, I'm like, oh, fuck. Once I would rest my head on the pillow at night, I would think, oh, shit, I didn't reach out yeah. to her. Fuck, I got to do that tomorrow. And I kept forgetting to do it just because, like, it's just life gets busy. And then I got a dreaded message from somebody just saying, unfortunately, like she passed away. Mm-hmm. And I just feel guilty. I feel guilt. It's like one of those social obligations where you, you keep meaning to reach out to people. I don't know if it's just like this. Um, I don't know what's going on with me. I was usually so social and now I'm just, I have no interest in being all that social or as social as I used to be. Is that getting older? Is that what it that might, is? Yeah, it might be getting older. I'm becoming and, more of a homebody, which I didn't think was possible, but clearly it is. And then you prioritize your friendships and which ones are energy sucks and which ones kind of give you life. And you kind of filter out what you need and what you don't need. And you prioritize because there's only so much room in your head and your heart, right? Yeah, there's really only so many hours during the day. It's just this is a really interesting episode. Obviously, it's much more lighthearted, but we are just having this conversation yeah. because there is only so many hours in the day. There's so many people to see and there's only so many things to do. Oh, you know what? I think Naked Gun is on. Oh, I've seen it. I laughed through that whole thing. You want to watch? No. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't think so. I thought you liked to laugh. I thought you were happy-go-lucky. No. No, no, I'm not happy. I'm not lucky, and I don't go. <laughs> if anything, I'm sad, stop, unlucky. <laughs> That's not funny, Naomi. I didn't mean to be funny there. <laughs> Why don't you check the TV guide? I think uh, Holocaust is on. There's a couple things about that clip. Obviously, the first thing being, it's funny that he's in a relationship with somebody who has a terrible laugh. Mm-hmm. And he can't stand it. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously a comedian, so that makes it extra ironic. That's A. Let's put a pin in that, push it to the side. The other thing is how dated this scene is because she knows that Naked Gun is on. She looked at the TV guide ahead of time. Yes. Appointment television. She knows it's on tonight. Enough to mention to him on her date. Do you want to watch it? I saw it. It's hilarious. A movie that she'd already seen. She wants to watch with him again. She knows that it's on TV. It's just funny. Yeah. I could not tell you any day of the week that any of my shows are on. 
I could. So Jacqueline also moved. She got a nice place. <laughs> nice place. No more hobo <laughs> under the stairs. Which I did see somebody on Twitter wondering where we went. And they said that it was a breakdown of our friendship because you ran off with Hobo Joe and I wasn't invited to the wedding. <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah. So no more Hobo Joe. Jacqueline lives in a safe, nice, lovely condo. Yeah. The address is. <laughs> Please send all your fan mail to. And now she has cable. Yeah. But I get like four channels. I don't even know why I pay for this. It's nonsense. I should cut it. I should cable cut after I uncut the cable. I have cable. I can tell you when anything's on CNN. That's for sure. <laughs> I know when my shows come on. But again, I don't watch that many shows. You don't know when any of your shows come on? When you just stream everything? Yeah. I have no fucking clue. What are your shows, though? They kind of... It's all like over week the place. to week. What do you watch? Oh, no, nothing week to week. I, if I remember that something's on, like girls, if I was like, oh, yeah. No, that's definitely, I think that's on this time of year. I am an old person because I definitely have appointment TV. Uh, so during the week, I usually watch CNN when I get home from work. Usually all night sometimes. Sometimes I'm not really paying attention. It's just on in the background. Wolf Blitzer, Aaron Burnett, Anderson Cooper. And then I go to my Don Lemon, my sassy Don Lemon, because he don't give a fuck. And there's nothing like watching a guy who doesn't give a fuck on television. Uh, and then I'll also watch um, Bill Maher on Friday, uh, HBO programming on Sunday nights, or pretty much anything after The Leftovers, because that concept terrifies me. I'll pretty much watch HBO all night. I am a boring person. Listeners, now you know that she's home every night. You know her home schedule. Here's her home address. You can find her at... And also, I fell asleep with my door unlocked. <gasps> Terrifying. I know. I never do that. Um the next morning I was leaving my apartment and I realized that my door was unlocked. I was like, that's not possible because that would mean that I didn't lock it last night. And I had slept the whole night with my door unlocked, which is like creepy concept to a woman. I, like that does not bother a guy, but it bothers the shit out of me because I remember oh, yeah. dating what's his face. And he would not only leave the door unlocked on a couple occasions, he left the keys in his front door <gasps> and he lived on a busy street. Oh my God. I know. And I was like, I, 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 you can absolutely not do that again. He's like, what? Well, I'll protect you. I know. I was like, great. Thanks. What do you think about the idea that she has a terrible laugh? Um, and Jerry wants to avoid watching anything funny because he can't stand it. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's great. I think I like the, the idea of like casting this role of having a bunch of actresses in a room and being like, give me your worst laugh. What would yours be? Um, I have a couple different laughs. They can get pretty loud. Back off the mic. It's a hot mic. <laughs> you can hear my wine glass clicking around. Um, when I laugh really hard, I go <laughs> like that. That's definitely an ugly laugh. Um, you know my laugh. So I'm laughing. No, I'm asking like if you were on the spot to come up with a terrible laugh. <laughs> that'd probably be it. That's pretty good. Um, I like a good one t one note laugh, like a. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That, like, reverberated through my body. Uh, okay, we're moving on. Jerry, it's George. Hey, hey you all set for the weekend? This is going to be great. You're going to have a great time with Naomi. All right, you know, she's got that laugh. What did you say? It's like Elmer Fudd sitting on a juicer. Anyway, I was thinking that we take two cars up to the cabin, and that way, you know, if one of us wanted to stay, you know... <laughs> This thing has never worked right.
You think I laugh like Elmer Fudd sitting on a juice? Well, first of all, Elmer Fudd is one of the most beloved, internationally known cartoon characters of all time. I'm gonna kill that crazy rabbit. Uh, come on! Not only that, a juicer is one of the healthiest ways. It makes the juice, it extracts the, the pulp and, 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 and the vitamins. For, for long life and, and, and vitality. I cringe so hard at that. I cringe so hard. Can you imagine? That's one of my biggest fears. Mine too. My biggest fear is to hear people overhear someone talking shit about me. You don't want to... Wait, sorry. You don't want to overhear other people talking shit about you. Yeah. My biggest fear is me talking shit about someone and someone overhearing it. Um, for example... Yeah, because we, we're completely different we people. Always, you're <laughs> we do always talk shit about a certain person. We talk shit all the time. Like, uh, we're on Google Hangouts in the office. And we're just slinging shit left, right, and center. If I'm ever plugged into, like, the projector or the TV screen in a board meeting, and if someone were to shoot me a text that's not in that meeting, I would lose my mind. We're pretty careless with how much shit we sling to. Yes. And I feel sometimes when I send messages, like the one I sent you on Friday, I feel like it's as I'm typing it, I always think, you're playing with fire. <laughs> you Like, you're, you have a paper trail of shit talking. Yeah. You probably shouldn't send this message. Yeah. And yet I still do. Oh, we live life on the edge. Do you guys talk shit about your coworkers on, should we have said that they were coworkers <laughs> in case they listen? No one listens. Do you guys talk shit on email or anything? Like, like Slack? Tra- Let us know. Yeah. Like, how does it work? And do you feel guilty about it? Has anyone ever been caught? I'd be fascinated to hear. I'd love to hear those stories. Yeah. That's like straight up out of Ask a Manager. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> How could you leave a message like that on my machine? Well, how could you just play your message in front of anybody? I didn't think anyone would leave it. No, I didn't think anyone would play it. Well, now she's not going away for this weekend. What do you mean not going? Come on, we got plans here. Call her up. No, oh, it's better anyway. I mean, really, what was going to happen? I'm a comedian. How can I go out with a girl with a laugh like that? Yeah, it's, like a, it's like Coco Chanel going out with a fishmonger. You know, because she's with all the perfumes. And a fishmonger's a pretty bad smell. <laughs> That right there is one of the first of many instances in this particular episode where Jerry says something and he's very interested in seeing how other people react. Hmm. He's yeah. constantly looking for laughter, which we can appreciate because we're constantly looking for the yuck too. We certainly are. Um, the more I think about it, the more I think it'd be interesting for your partner to have a distinct laugh if you're a stand-up comedian because then you would kind of know in a crowd what's landing with that person in particular. You could kind of, if it's, if it's very distinctive, it would cut through. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying, but I feel like these microphones are picking up my neighbors. I'm trying to figure out what I'm listening to. Are they fucking? Sounds like it. Can you hear something? Or is it cookie snoring? It's cookie it's snoring. Cookie snoring. <laughs> well, because we were just saying we were going to ask you to come up to the country with us this weekend. Susan's father has a cabin up there, but... Uh, well, what, they got any golf courses up there? No, 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 no. no. no, no. That's, uh, that's pie country. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they do a lot of baking up there. Yeah. Uh-huh. They sell them by the side of the road. Blueberry, blackberry. Blackberry, boysenberry. Boysenberry, huckleberry. Huckleberry, raspberry. Raspberry, strawberry. <laughs> strawberry, cranberry. Peach. Okay, just to give you an idea of what's happening in this particular scene, um, the boys are going to go up to a cabin susan's father's cabin for the weekend and jerry since he now is single because his girlfriend or girl he's dating knows that he's a piece of shit (laughs) um 
they just said they talk about Elaine and how Jerry doesn't want to bring Elaine because if he brings Elaine, then he has to extend an invite to Kramer. George doesn't want him to invite Kramer because it is Susan's cabin, Susan's father's cabin, and clearly Susan does not care for Kramer, seen as one of the last times she saw him, he vomited all over her, and she's still holding a grudge, clearly. I have no time for Kramer in this episode. Kramer can be annoying. It's definitely a Kramer fuck-filled episode. So the whole idea is that they don't want to bring it up to Kramer. Then Kramer just happens to mention that he's going to be busy this weekend, and they feel free to invite him anyway. Because they know he can't show up because he has plans, which he just revealed. Do you do that? Has that ever happened to you where, like, you invite someone somewhere because you know they can't come and you don't oh, want totally. them anywhere? For sure. Really? Oh, yeah. You don't ever worry that's going to backfire like it does in this exact episode? No, because people don't usually then go, oh, now I'm available. Even if their plans do fall through, they're kind of just like, oh, well, now it's too late. Do you find yourself part. inviting people to things that you don't really want them to go to just to be nice? Sometimes. I usually tried to avoid doing that though i'm not a yeah (laughs) i'm not a big plan maker i kind of let other people do that and if they want to include me great if not yeah oh well that's the way to be yeah as i've learned recently i am typically the plan maker or i tend to make a lot of plans or at least suggest them and then if you're the plan maker you tend to have to make all the plans the onus is on you yeah and that's fine it's just a lot of work yeah you know it's nice to someone. That's why I was. I've said this before. I'll say it again. If you are a single man on the prowl asking ladies out, when you ask them out, have an idea of where you want to go and what you want to do. Have a plan. And when you want to eat. Yeah. Because most people are pretty just accommodating and they'll appreciate the fact that you have you have a plan in place. Like they see that as kind of a take charge. It's quite attractive to see a guy that's like, okay, well, we're going to go do this. We're going to do that. Obviously you have flexibility if they have like a eating issue where they can't go to that restaurant or they can't do yada 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 you can accommodate them but otherwise good idea is to always have a plan and it's also a nice gesture like if it makes it seem as though you thought about this plan specifically tailored to a specific person yeah i used to have a friend that would always want to hang out he would always ask me if i was free to do something then i would say yes he's like okay well what do you want to do i don't know uh well when do you want to do it i don't know well what he would just there was a million follow-up questions to the point i was like i don't fucking want to do anything yeah. I didn't realize there was going to be so much work to hang out with you. You're the one that had asked me to hang out. Come prepared. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That's step one to getting pussy, okay? Always have a plan. <laughs> Keep listening for the remainder of the steps. There are 28 more steps. I don't know. Come on. I don't want to tag along with George and Susan. If you're there, it'll be a better group. What's that? Oh, it's an autographed picture for my dry cleaner. I never know what to write on these things. I hate doing this. I'm very impressed. <laughs> oh, you mean pressed because it's like a dry cleaner? Yeah, see, yeah. that's why I hate it. So, come on, you want to go? Well, what about the sleeping arrangements in the cabin? Well, um, same bed and uh, underwear and a T-shirt. What about me? Well, you'd be naked, of course. Uh. This is such a typical guy. I think this scene is interesting because it's been a season or two since they started sleeping together and then stopped sleeping together Mm -hmm. kind of without addressing it in the season premiere of the next season. Um, They're really good friends. They do have a history together. I know we've said this a million times, and hopefully we don't sound like a broken record, I would say most of your guy friends, there's few guy friends that I have 
that wouldn't make a comment like this. Right. Like there's a lot of guy friends that I have that they would make a sexual comment like that as a joke if they're single. If they're dare I say if I would say almost all of them that are single would make this joke mm-hmm. or make this comment. Well, you'd be naked. They'd oh they all they all say that. Right. Whether you think they're interested in you or not. I don't even know if they're interested in you. I don't know if they were just they're throwing it out there, see what sticks. Who knows? Making jokes. This is pretty common. And then I think it's funny. Yeah. There's a, there's two instances of this kind of behavior in this episode where it's like buddy buddy kind of everything's going great and then it's like sexualization. It's buddy buddy buddy. Yeah. But if you're interested in fucking, I'll fuck you for sure. Yeah. But no, we're just friends. But if you're interested in fucking, yeah. Uh, is that how guys work? We need more men on this show. We do. Like, is that how their brain works? I know we talk about this all the time. It's kind of... I wish I knew our, ma- all, our male listeners by name. I should. Fuck. I can think of your, your avatars, but I can't think of <laughs> your names. Nacho Guy on Twitter. Whatever your name is. What's your story? Do you do this? Okay, so now we're at the part where... A father's going to come over and give his sob story about his poor young son who lives in a bubble. And this father is? Noah's Arcade. Noah's Arcade. Noah from Noah's Arcade. What's Noah's Arcade? From Wayne's World. Oh. (laughs) Also known as? I don't know. That's Bill Murray's brother. What? Isn't it? I don't know. Is it? (laughs) Yeah. That's I I would think if anyone would know, it'd be you. That's Bill Murray's brother. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he looks just like him. What? Oh, my God. Sorry. Jacqueline I'm Christ. sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot where I was. Brian Doyle Murray. He's the older brother of actor-comedian Bill Murray, and the two have acted in several films, including Caddyshack, Scrooge, Ghostbusters 2, The Razor's Edge, and Groundhog Day. I remember, and he's also, so this guy, Noah's Arcade guy, (laughs) Brian Dole Murray, is also in um, National Lampoon's A Christmas Story. He plays the boss. So that's how I became familiar with him, because I remember watching that movie with my family, and my mom and dad always saying, that's Bill Murray's brother. And the more you look at him, you're like, obviously, that's that. he looks just like him. He doesn't sound like him, but he looks just like him. I don't see it at all. You don't. You do. Next time, just look. You see it. He looks like an older version of Bill Murray. An older, plumper version. He almost looks like he'd be Bill Murray's dad more than his brother. I don't see it. Oh, wow. I totally see it in the face. He's 71 for reference. How old's Bill Murray? I thought he was in his 70s. He's a rough-looking 60-something-year-old. Bill Murray's 66. Oh, he looks rough. How do you not see it? Okay. To be fair, his brother looks super old in this photo. How do you not see it? They're so, they look exactly like. You don't see it at all? Not at all. On a scale from one to ten. Is that not just the same guy? Like, No, that's Bill Murray. What? No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny about that is you also didn't see it at all. Did you show me a picture of the same guy, but like 30 years between them? She <laughs> didn't see the resemblance either. Oh, time has not been kind to this man. Okay. Uh that's him, obviously. That looks like Bill Murray. I guess. I don't like how much you don't see it. <laughs> 
he he looks like Richard Dreyfus now. He looks like a bloated Richard Dreyfus, so it's kind of it's hard to see. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think they look alike? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, we're both idiots. Okay, let's see them come over. Excuse me. Jerry Seinfeld? Yeah. My name's Sanger. Mel Sanger? Hi. I drive that truck out there. Oh, the Yoo-Hoo? Yeah. I love Yoo-Hoo. Yes, it's a fine product. Anyway, I saw you on The Tonight Show a couple weeks ago. I was watching the show with my son, Donald. He's got this rare immune deficiency in his blood. It damned this thing. Doctors say he has to live in a plastic bubble. Can you imagine that? A bubble. A bubble? A bubble. Yes, a bubble. <laughs> Do you mind, man? Oh, sure. Oh, I'd break your heart seeing him in there. He's like a prisoner. No friends. Just his mother and me. And I'm out there six days a week hauling you who. <laughs> we have sacrificed everything, all for the sake of our little bubble boy. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, so I just wanted to play that part because it's one of the best, ep- best scenes of this particular episode. He's telling a sob story. He's getting emotional, Bill Murray's brother, that is, dabbing his eyes. Clearly the moisture, the tears from his eyes. Elaine does the same. She's dabbing her eyes. She's actually the one that hands out the napkin. She takes a couple napkins from the table, hands it to Bill Murray's brother, takes one herself, and hands one to Jerry, who's eating a sandwich. And rather than dab his eyes, because he's not emotional at all, he uses it to dab the, the mayo off of his mouth. Doesn't care. He's just listening to the story. Um, has Jerry mentioned that he likes YooHoo before? I feel like this has come up before. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Was this episode brought to us by YooHoo? It is brought to us by YooHoo. Have you ever had a YooHoo? No. What is they it, still like make chocolate it? milk? What yeah, is I it? think so. Interesting. Excuse me. Anyway, we were watching you on TV. You get in the bubble with him? No, he can see through the bubble. It's plastic. Oh, I thought it was like an igloo. No, it's clear. Ah. Uh-huh. Who has the remote? He does. The remote goes through the bubble? Yes. He's in the bubble with the remote. So you have no control over the remote? No. It's frustrating. Mm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Bill Murray's brother invites Jerry and Elaine to their house so that his bubble boy can meet Jerry, his favorite comedian. Did you think that the bubble would be an igloo? That's what I thought. I thought he would be like um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal in the classic film Bubble Boy. Did you ever see that movie? I heard it was supposed to be terrible. Like the original how did, one? The Bubble Boy movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. So much oh, no, so that I, it ruined his career. Or was supposed to have ruined his career. I remember watching it multiple times. So you clearly loved it. I was a child when it came out. But yeah, I loved <laughs> it. <laughs> I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was great in it. <laughs> I thought that was his shining star of a moment so recently i listened to this podcast (laughs) called mystery show podcast um it's been around for a while they haven't actually released a new episode in quite some time one of their last episodes is um this whole story about how no one the premise of the podcast let me back up every episode they try to solve a conspiracy theory or solved an unknown question that particular episode is all about Jake Gyllenhaal's height and how there's no particular answer to how tall Jake Gyllenhaal is. There's, I guess there's a couple online, but no one can confirm, and I guess it was up for debate. 
yada 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 the um podcast host goes through a series of hoops to figure out how tall jake gyllenhaal is she even talks to him in person and he's so fucking charming it's not even funny and i'm not a jake gyllenhaal fan or it wasn't not that he disliked the guy just wasn't ever like a big have a big boner for jake gyllenhaal boner gained he gained himself a boner yeah he's so adorable and i guess i thought I wasn't. I would never have a boner for Jake Gyllenhaal because when I think of Jake Gyllenhaal, I think of him in that fucking Bubble Boy. Really? With a bubble, and he's a big dork. That's your go-to Jake Gyllenhaal film? Yeah, that and him touching himself in Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your Jake Gyllenhaal? I think if you had asked me <laughs> ten years or fifteen-ish years ago, it would have been Bubble Boy, and then like ten-ish years ago, it would have been Donnie Darko. Now it's probably like Brokeback Mountain. Or like Jarhead. I never saw Jarhead. He's all jacked, right? Yeah. Then was he in also another soldier movie where he like marries Tobey Maguire's wife or something? They're both soldiers. Yes. I forget what that one's called. This is very interesting to everyone. <laughs> guys, how fuckable is Jake Gyllenhaal to you guys? What if I told you he's not fuckable at all until you hear him talk and then he's like crazy fuckable? Are bubbles real? Yeah. Really? Like what kind of condition do you have to have before you live in a bubble? I don't know that they're actual bubbles anymore. I think it's more of like a hyper sanitized kind of air filtered environment. But you have to have all sorts of like sensitivities to airborne shit. But isn't the whole um, conceit of Bubble Boy that he wasn't actually sick and that his parents were just... Are you talking about the Jake Gyllenhaal movie? Yeah, sorry. I keep going back to that. (laughs) I never saw it because it looked (laughs) fucking stupid. So anyway, you're his favorite comedian. He laughed so hard the other night we had to give him an extra shot of hemoglobin. Uh, that's nice. Tomorrow is his birthday, and it would mean so much to him if you could find it in your heart to pay him a visit and just say hello. Oh, well, tomorrow I... Jerry, of course he'd pay him a visit. You'd be happy to. Yeah, uh, okay, um, tomorrow. Uh, where, where do you live? Uh, uptown, up west side? Upstate. Upstate. Okay, so this is typical Elaine basically interfering in something she doesn't really have any business interfering in, but she feels like it's the moral obligation to set someone straight and make them do something because it's the right thing to do. Ugh. Yeah. So really the whole idea that like he doesn't, I got the impression that it's not that he doesn't want to do it. It's just that he had plans. Yeah. Don't infringe on my plans because someone told you some sob story about a boy in a bubble. Oh my god, if I was Jerry, no thanks. Yeah, that would suck. People coming up to you asking for your shit all the time. It's also funny because like he treats Elaine like a girlfriend, kind of. Yeah. She's basically like a non-sexual girlfriend. She fulfills all the roles of a girlfriend. Without the other intimate stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Any kind of, you know, intimacy, emotional intimacy is fulfilled through his relationship with Elaine. His physical needs are met with like the crazy laugher. He's a bubble boy. A bubble boy? Yes, a bubble boy. What's a bubble boy? He lives in a bubble. Boy. So what kind of a bubble? Like an igloo? No, that's what I thought, but apparently it's just a big piece of plastic dividing the room. What kind of plastic you think of this? What do you think, like that dry cleaning plastic? Well, that's no good. He wouldn't last ten minutes in there. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Wouldn't last 10 minutes in there. The reason why I wanted to play this clip is because this, to me, is such a Seinfeld moment. He lives in a bubble. It's just like hitting on one particular word of a sentence and repeating each person in the room, repeating that same word. Mm-hmm. Did you get that vibe? I don't know that it's something I've seen before. It could be. 
um but it wasn't you're like oh my god this is typical thing no like it was you're still young and you have so much more to watch <laughs> what are you doing what is his hurry you know george it's not good enough to get there you gotta make good time i know he once went from west 81st street to kennedy airport in 25 minutes i never heard the end of it <laughs> look at him just stop that please would you just stop that knock it off just sit in your seat over there you're distracting me we're making incredible time here i once made it to kennedy airport from west 81st street in uh, in 15 minutes <laughs> here hold this it's uh, ten dollars for the calls what's he doing is he out of his mind do you see him? I don't even think I see him anymore. Where is he? Isn't that blue car him? No, no, that's not him. What happened to him? I can't believe it. I lost him. That stupid idiot. Now what are we going to do? It's no big deal, Jerry. We'll just meet him at the Bubble Boy's house. I don't even know where the Bubble Boy lives. I, I don't even remember the name of the town. Well, you don't have the directions? No, I was following him. How could you not take the directions? Because he's my directions. <laughs> It's funny because um, this is another scene that's really dated. This is something that I've done in the past or I've been in cars where somebody I'm with has followed someone else and that other person just takes off or they're not careful to slow down at a yellow to make sure that the person behind them, can, you know what I mean? Like shit like that. Um, now, anytime someone suggests I follow them, I'm like, I'll just put it in my GPS because I've been burnt so many times with someone driving too fast and going through a yellow light. I have no time for this nonsense. Both George and Jerry need to fucking grow up. George's priorities are bonkers. Make a time? Fuck you. George is a mess. Another example of George being a mess. Um, Susan the whole time and throughout this entire episode is like constantly giving him like okay. little love nibs and nibs nibbles, like love nibbling and just kind of like kissing him and trying to get close to him and he just is not having it and she calls him a prude about it but i think it's like more than that because we know how fucked up he is yes also susan well i'll talk more about susan near the end because there's like little bits i kind of want to touch on but just know that i will be talking about that later the idea that jerry doesn't have the directions doesn't know what town this boy lives doesn't have an address that's so fucking irresponsible it drives me crazy yeah. I hate that type of person. Yeah. Why? Why does that have to, like, why wouldn't you, if you're in a car and you're driving and you're in charge of getting yourself somewhere, even though someone, you're f supposed to be following someone, you're still an adult. Because that's the answer for them, is that the other person is going to show them where it is. Ugh. That's as good as having the directions. That, that's not the way we think. No. Because we're like, well, what if you lose a person? Yeah. Well, that's not a consideration. It's insanity. I cannot stand for that. Also, one last thing. I want to say how hot Elaine looks. Oh, yeah. She looks great. She looks really good in this episode. She's all tan. Yeah. Leave a message. I'll call you back. Thanks. Hi, Jerry. It's Naomi. Um, listen, if it's not too late, I changed my mind. I'd like to go to the cabin. Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, hello. Hi. Uh, this is Kramer. Yeah, I'm the next door neighbor. Uh, well, you know, uh, Jerry's left... Uh, uh, but listen, uh, see, uh, my golf game got canceled. Uh, I'm thinking of going up myself. They got pies, and uh, I got the directions. <laughs> this drives me nuts. Kramer has directions, okay. but Jerry didn't take directions. Yeah, he left them on his oh kitchen my counter. God. This drives me nuts. Much, much like the lack of direction drives you crazy, the fact that this, and this is such a Kramer thing to do, this is a very particular person, which is why you shouldn't extend the invite to him regardless <laughs> of how busy he's supposed to be that yes. weekend anyways. He gets out of his golf game and he's going to go 
up to the cabin to join the gang. You know what? That's kind of believable. I can see that happening. For sure. Okay? If you That's have not access. That odd. Yeah. Of course. Why not? I might as well join my friends. We're friends. Yeah. That's fine. That's not that odd. Overhearing a voicemail. Jumping on the phone with that person. Someone you've never met. Because clearly he had to introduce himself. Yeah, yeah. Kramer, his next door neighbor. I'm thinking about going up there. Why don't we meet up? Drive in the same car together for an unknown length of period or length of time to go up to a cabin and surprise the other people that we're with. There's like no cell phones now, so you can't look for directions on your no. phone. You can't text someone to say, hey, my golf game canceled. Can I come up? You're just surprising these people with your presence. It's yeah. fucking nuts. It's so inconsiderate. What's the bed situation? Can everyone sleep comfortably? Is there enough food? Can we bring anything? These are questions that should have been should have been conveyed if he had reached out to them in any way or was able to reach out to them in any way about him joining them. This is another Kramer fuck, I'd say. Oh, my God. I don't know if it's just because, like, I'm very particular about, say, We might like, be very politeness. planned people. Yeah. <laughs> and just the expectation of social cues and kind of, like, just maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't fucking know. But... Oh, that shit drives me crazy. Yeah, it's crazy rude. It's like another reason why you're like, why the fuck are they friends with Kramer? Yeah. So then I drive all the way up to the country club, and then I find out they got a tournament going on. Do you mind if I smoke? No. Yeah, these are Cubans. <laughs> Maria, poquendo los cientos dientes con glee. <laughs> What is Naomi's motivation to come to the cabin? She just thought him hating my laugh is fine? Yeah, she's probably like, he's a comedian. Oh, God. He's a famous comedian. Things are going well. I really like him. So we made fun of my laugh. I was really pissed about it, but I've had time to calm down. That doesn't mean he hates me. He just thinks my laugh's annoying. Or he was making fun of my laugh. I've joked about people behind their back. That doesn't mean I don't care about them. Okay. I bet you it was something like that. Oh. It's a little nuts. I can see why someone would do that in a dating situation. You kind of take more risks when you're dating somebody. It's one thing to kind of have him tease you a bit about your silly laugh. But to have talked to his friend about how it's terrible and to then have is that a deal breaker for you kind of like don't talk shit about me if you want to be fucking me or don't let me find out that you're talking shit. yeah i guess so don't let make sure i never find that shit out if it's not a deal breaker in the relationship aka he doesn't want to break up with you because your laugh is terrible I don't know if it's a deal breaker. I guess I'd have to be in that situation. I feel I'd have to be pretty butthurt for it to be a deal breaker. Maybe because it's late. And I have my glass of wine and I'm like, oh, that doesn't seem like a deal breaker to me now. But maybe it would be. I don't know. I don't know. It just it seems like it would kind of open the door to another conversation. I'm like, if I'm so annoying and you're a comedian and you're like holding yourself back from making me laugh, what kind of relationship is this going to be? I mean, the holding back. I don't know that she would necessarily put two and two together on that. No, no. Sorry. This is from my perspective. Right. I think that's where the deal breaker is. Yeah, like, for what sure. What kind I mean, of fucking future would we have? Yeah. You hate my laugh so much you don't want to be funny because... Yeah. You don't want to be yourself around me. To you? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I am not a prude, sweetheart. 
I swing with the best of them. Come on, let's go in. What? Well, we should at least tell them what happened. They might be very late if they make it at all. I can't go in there. I can't face the bubble boy. What's the matter? I, I just don't react well to these situations. My grandmother died two months early because of the way I reacted in the hospital. She was getting better. And then I went to pay her a visit. She saw my face. Boom. That was the end of it. Okay, we're going in. Susan, Come on. wait, please. Come on, George. Susan, George, wait. stop. Susan, would you wait? Don't George! I would not want to go in either. This bubble boy wants nothing to do with me. You don't know that necessarily. Like, with the information you have, that George has at the yeah. moment, how are you feeling about to go in? I, I, I would not want to go in. It. it would definitely be something These like, people don't, don't care for me. They don't need me in their house. I would stay in my car and hope that Seinfeld shows up at some time. And if he doesn't, then go figure out where he ended up. But there was no way I'm going in that house. Yes, yeah, Susan's a responsible one to say, hey, we should probably tell them. Ugh. We We're just coward chicken yeah, shit. Yeah, total coward. Or like slip a note under their door and run back to your car. <laughs> We're also like of the generation where someone calls you. It's crazy. Ugh. You're like, why are you talking to me? That's so intimate. Text yes. me. Yes, please. I'll have a cup of coffee and a turkey club. How about you? Um, I'll just have a glass of water. You can't just have water. Why not? That's all I want. Well, this is not like a park bench where you just come in and sit down. It's a business. Hold it a second. Don't you play on TV? Oh, no. Yes. Yes. We saw him on TV. What's your name? Jerry Seinfeld. Elaine. Uh, Gary Seinfeld! I saw you on The Tonight Show. Right. Hey, wouldn't you like an autographed picture? Uh, I, I don't have any more pictures of him. He's lying. They're in the trunk. Now you get to sign another one. I'm not lying. Yeah. She'll have a cup of coffee and a broiled chicken. Yeah, that whole thing is pretty cute. They fucking can't stand each other. They're just like on each other's nerves. They've been traveling together. They're both frustrated. She wants to fuck him as much as possible. Yes. In a, like, get him yeah, fucked fuck over. Yeah, fuck him over. Um, I really enjoyed the role reversal of him being all high and mighty and having this sense of social responsibility. This is a business. You can't just order water and then orders her a coffee and a fucking roast chicken or whatever. It's fantastic. And she ends up eating the chicken yeah, and really loves liking it. it. <laughs> so Jerry was right in that case. Yeah, yeah it was pretty great. So Jerry, um, Jerry and Elaine are going to be at this diner. Elaine is uh, forcing Jerry to sign an image for the waitress. And he hates doing it because he can't come up with a good line. I don't know why he just wouldn't sign your name. Just sign your name. Why do you need to put a pithy little tagline? Not all of them. Like, yeah, there's some people that might do something like yeah. that. But why? Maybe there's the expectation because you're a comedian. And so you're supposed to write something You just write best. Jerry yeah. Seinfeld. That's it. So um, now we're with... Susan and George, who are at the Bubble Boy's house talking to the Bubble Boy's parents. This would be so uncomfortable. Oh, my God. It's not really a bubble. A lot of people think it's an igloo, but it's really just a plastic divider. Can you uh, go in the bubble? Well, you have to put so many things on because of the germs. The gloves, the mask, it's a whole production. So then he makes his own bed? Well, that's one of the things we fight about. Would you like to meet him? Uh, well, you know... Oh, he loves games. 
Maybe you could play Trivial Pursuit with him. Hey, Ma! What the hell do I gotta do to get some food around here? I'm starving! Have a peanut butter on and shove it in your face! <laughs> so were you expecting the bubble boy to be like an angry man? No. I was expecting him to be kind of a meek, sickly tween. Um, also, sidebar, can you imagine being a grown woman with a little girl's voice? And be like not being a fetish for some dudes? <laughs> uh, no, because I've always had a deep voice. Yeah, I've always thought too. like my voice was very manly. Me too. You thought your voice was manly? Yes. Has anyone ever told you your voice was manly? No, but it's the it's that kind of warped perspective that we have about our own voices. Yeah, I always felt like my voice was not feminine at all. It was always too deep. Oh. Yeah, I felt like there was just a lack of, like, kind of a flowery femininity around my voice. It was more serious. I can't imagine having a... A little girl voice. It's You sound stupid. Yeah. If I had a little girl voice, I'd probably lower my register. Oh, for sure. Um, I just want to say as well, in this scene, this is... Okay. I like George. A lot of people don't like George. I think there's a lot to like about George. He's a very, very, very complicated guy. Like Jerry, though, he has a shining personality in uncomfortable situations. He has the ability to talk to people. A lot of times he put his foot, he, he'll put his foot in his mouth, which I'll give it to you. Yeah. But he has a folksiness to him. You know what I mean? Like he's just, he's personable. He asks interesting questions. Sometimes he goes too far. He is good with the questions. I will give him that. Yeah. He's like Larry David. Larry David's the same way. Obviously, he's just the same person. I'm terrible at questions. Me too. I feel like you're pretty good at it. Mm. I just don't like talking to people I don't know. Me too. But after having worked retail for so long, it's kind of one of those things that you do where you're just like, I'm going to put my retail personality on. This is a job because I'm not uncomfortable talking to people when it's my job. I am uncomfortable talking to people when it's my personal life. So sometimes in my personal life, I'll be like, it's just like working retail. At least you can kind of tap into that. Yeah. We're complicated. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to go through the whole rest of this episode, uh, but basically Elaine comes back to the restaurant and brings a photo for Jerry to sign. He hands it to the waitress and then Elaine starts busting those balls for writing such a stupid thing on the, on the image. What did he write? Do you remember? There's nothing finer than eating in your diner. And Elaine's like, people are going to make fun of you forever for having that on your photo. And he starts to second guess and wants (laughs) to take the photo back. And then the waitress refuses to give it back. She doesn't think she'll get another one. It was the last image in the trunk. So Jerry wants to take it back. When he gets back to Manhattan, he'll send a new one. She's like, that's no good because I'll never get it again. Um, Elaine, this is an Elaine fuck. She's really busting his balls over this. It's hilarious. She is busting his balls. It's funny because Elaine is not impressed by Jerry at all. Yeah. And the more I think about it, the f- like it seems like it's lame on purpose, what he wrote. You think so? It, that's the way, like, if I were in that diner and I saw a picture of Jerry Seinfeld at that time in the early 90s and it said there's nothing finer than eating in a diner, I'd be like, oh, that's funny because he's making fun of this place. You think so? That's how I would have, per- like, perceived it for sure. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't have read too deeply into it. I'm simple. I'm a little girl. This is Donald. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Who are you? Where's Seinfeld? He's on his way. These are his friends. 
are you looking at? Never seen a kid in a bubble before? <laughs> of course I have. Come on. My cousin's in a bubble. My friend Jeffrey's uh, sister, also. Bubble, you know. I got a lot of bubble experience. Come on. What's your story? I, I, I have no story. She works for NBC. How about taking your top off? Oh my God, that's awful. The mother just like puts her hand in her head, her head in her hand rather. This is typical George because he doesn't ever want to be seen as being like awkward. He will fill, he just can't, he, his awkwardness, I think he does pretty well. Yeah. He also doesn't like being perceived as ignorant or naive or uninformed. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I know I've got lots of bubble experience. He doesn't want to seem unprepared. He doesn't yeah. want to seem inexperienced. Um, and again, I find that like an admirable trait on George. Yeah. I think there's a lot of he's positive a good liar. <laughs> he's a good liar, yeah. but he's lying for the sake of everyone in that room to be comfortable. It's a nice, sweet lie, if you will, because he doesn't want to make the bubble boy uncomfortable. He's like, no, you're not the, don't, I see bubble people all the time. It's not a big deal. Yeah. He also doesn't want to look stupid and he doesn't want to make himself uncomfortable. I love George. Yeah, we know. Okay, history. This is for the game. How you doing over there? Not too good. All right, bubble boy. Let's just play. Who invaded Spain in the 8th century? That's a joke. The Moors. Oh, no. I'm so sorry, it's the moops. The correct answer is the moops. Moops? Let me see that. That's not moops, you jerk. It's moors. It's a misprint. I'm sorry, the card says moops. It doesn't matter. It's moors. There's no moops. It's moops. Moors. Moops. Moors. Okay, let me just read you something that I found online. Is it about the moops? It is. So this is an incident is based on an actual error spotted by one of the writers while playing the home edition of Jeopardy, although there's no recollection of that misprint found on any edition of Trivial Pursuit. It's funny because George is an idiot and wouldn't know the answer to that question anyway. So as far as he concer- he's concerned, of course it wouldn't be the Moors. Why would it be the Moors? It says moops. You're lying. I kind of thought that George didn't like he, he probably didn't know the answer he probably thought the boops was maybe not right but he liked having the upper hand being like well this is what it says on the card he's like oh no you're wrong <laughs> he liked kind of giving it to the bubble boy like yeah, fuck you bubble he's boy like a smart ass teenager yes or younger guy also i don't know if it's this part of the scene or as it devolves kind of into more chaos when he's strangling george but Susan's face, her dumb fucking slack jaw express- expression. Is this the Susan part you wanted to get into? Okay, all of Susan. Oh my fucking god. Okay. Okay. Let's like, do it. Who was this actress fucking to get this role? That bad. And then now I know why they killed her off. I didn't really understand before because there wasn't a lot to work with. She's. Like, I get why Jason Alexander didn't really understand how to work with her because the chemistry is so off. You think so? It's so off. I grew up with this show, with this episode, with their relationship, so I don't even notice this stuff anymore. I'm oh not seeing it with fresh eyes, so it's interesting that you say that. And and 
yes, there is some awkwardness where, like, she's nibbling and, like, being playful. But even the way she does that, it's just, oh, it doesn't seem sincere. It seems like this is work for her. Um, that's the way it kind of played off for me anyway. And then just the her dumb fucking face as Bubble Boy strangles her boyfriend and just like it's like what a high school actor would think you would do in a moment like that yeah it's so the her choices are so odd and then later in the episode as the cabin's burning down she's like my father's cabin like it's just so fucking played out i hate it and i hate her and i can't wait till they kill her okay i mean susan there's something that i don't really hate susan necessarily i will say that her voice is a little annoying that's as much as i'll go she kind of has like a grating voice. It's like, it's not even that. It's just. Yeah, I can totally see your perspective. But again, I grew up with Susan, so I don't really see what bothers. I, I just don't get it. She, I'm just immune I to just, it because I'm, it's been uh, since I was watching TV as a kid. I just need to know the casting process, behind, the choice behind this actress. I'm sure you can find out. I'm sure I could. It's baffling to me that they would have chosen, considering some of the amazing casting choices that they've had in the past. This was for a long term. Like, I don't know if they had planned a long term relationship for George. If it was just like they kept her around and they kept renewing her contract or they just they kept writing her into the stories. But fuck. No, thanks. So at this point, Kramer and Jerry's ex-girlfriend have made their way up to the cabin and they're getting there before everyone else, obviously, because this whole bubble boy fiasco. So they get in there. George has his Cuban cigars given to him by jo- Jason Alexander slash George, who got them from Susan's father. Um, he's smoking in an old wood cabin. Why you would do that, I don't know. And he's hanging out. They're actually going to go for a swim. Um, what's this girl's name? Naomi. Naomi and Kramer are going to go for a swim, which I feel like is almost a little weird, don't you think? Yeah. Um, it feels like we're crossing some boundaries. It does a little bit, but, you know, Kramer's just so whatever, whatever that. But I feel like Naomi's into him. I think so, too. Yeah. The way she was, like, laughing at his dumb jokes in the car. Yeah, she certainly doesn't feel weird about going swimming with him. Which is On odd. a relatively cold day because he's still wearing his, like, fall jacket. I, I can't figure out this girl's motivation for anything that she does. Stop it! Let go of him! Okay, so we kind of have two scenes here. I'm only going to play one of them, which is George getting strangled by the bubble boy, Susan kind of slapping the bubble boy to stop, the parents eventually coming in but not doing much about it. No, mom's wagging her finger. Yeah, and dad's kind of like, oh, boys will be boys. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Susan accidentally pops the bubble, which I guess is going to kill this kid, send him to the hospital at least. Next thing we see, Jerry at the diner with Elaine, and the waitress is choking him followed by the like line cook who's also grabbing jerry and elaine's grabbing the cook it's like a whole thing and the cook is a shade of red that i didn't know humans could be he's an old probably alcoholic <laughs> what happened to you what happened to you you were going like 100 miles an hour i was not the bubble boy tried to kill me what yeah, Susan, tell him. it's a long story yeah. hey seinfeld hey happy birthday uh, thanks for showing up 
Now, your friend here tried to kill me. Oh, he's a lying little snot. And he's a cheater, aren't you, you little twerp? More! Moops! More! Moops! More! More! That's the guy who tried to kill the bubble boy! Get him! So the, the episode essentially ends with um, the local city chasing after the Seinfeld crew because they tried to kill the bubble boy. And then also another disaster on their way to the cabin they're passing fire trucks, uh, several fire trucks, because they even mentioned, wow, it must be a big one. And it turns out that it's Susan's cabin is um, burning down because Kramer left a cigar unattended. It fell on some newspapers and sparked the place up in, in a blaze. Another Kramer fuck. Man, oh man. So much to unpack here. One being, George is petty AF. He will not let this shit go. Keeps yelling moops at this kid on a stretcher as he's about to be put in an ambulance. And he also asks Susan, after she's watching her father's cabin burn down that they've had since like 1940-something, he reminds her that she never gave back the change from the toll, from the $10 he gave her for the toll. What a fucking dick. He is a dick. Jacqueline's opinion on this episode. So that's the end of the episode. What do you think of it? Um... Not my favorite. It's not. It's one of my least favorite episodes, I have to say. You mentioned that when we were going to put it on. You're like, ugh, this one. Yeah, it's funny because as I watched it, I was like, okay, well, it's not as bad as I remember it being, but it's still not one of my favorites. I, I can appreciate it a little bit more than I had in the past. Yeah. There's a lot going on. A lot of interesting choices by the writers to kind of introduce information, like the guy running into the diner and being like, something's happened to the bubble boy. Like, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> And then assembling a mob of angry villagers to go and beat up George and Like it's Jerry. Beauty and the Beast or yeah, something. Yeah, like kill the beast. Let's get Gaston to fight the candelabra. It's just very odd. Cheesy. A little cheesy. cheesy. Naomi, oh, girlfriend, give up. Especially because you're, you're going to trade Jerry in for Kramer. That's just like... Do you really need to be around these people that bad? Although Kramer's fun. If you don't know what a nutty is, he's fun. Yeah. And he's free. And he's a bit of a hippie, free-loving spirit. I can see it. And he's tall. You know girls love a tall guy. Uh, we do like him tall. We do like him tall. Because we like to feel teeny tiny. We do. And I'm 5'9", so it's hard for me to find a tall guy. Yeah. I'm taller than a lot of them. Same Z's. Um, yeah. In terms, like... <sighs> I wish there was more for Elaine to do. I know she had some fun bits, but... Yeah, she's like the party pooper. Yeah. Unless she gets to bust Jerry's balls. Yeah. I just... I feel like she was underused or used kind of in the... In, in the, the mothery uh, way, which yeah. we don't care for. No. I, we like it when she's just being her silly self. Yeah. Um. Again, fuck Susan. Get out of here, you dumb bitch. A little bit more of Susan. <laughs> just a little bit more of Susan. What? There's a little bit more. Susan oh, there's in the show. more. I thought you were telling me to like talk more about Susan. No. I was like, I'm done. You've heard what I have to say. Um, yeah. This whole Bill Murray's brother thing has got me shook. I'm shook that you didn't know that. I'm I would think if it. anybody knew that, it'd be you. I thought you would know his name. Mm. Noah's Arcade is how I know him. That's why I was like, his name could be Arcade. He's Bill Murray's brother, <laughs> Noah. So is that it? Do we wrap it up? Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to our first episode back in a really long time. Can't believe it's been a while, but here we are. We're finally back. If you guys have comments or questions, if you want to know anything about our lives since we've left, other than where we work, we will tell you. Uh, within reason. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you what I look like from the inside. <laughs> Too much? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, you know, general stuff. 
yeah, let's chat. Let's chat it out. Let's talk about Seinfeld. Let's talk about life. We had been thinking about starting a new podcast where it's kind of just the two of us shooting the shit because we get so many complaints about the fact that we talk too much about non-Seinfeld related things, which is actually our favorite part of the podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. Maybe it will now that I live here, now that we're not as busy. Maybe we will do that. And if so, we'll let you guys know. Um, but in the meantime, thanks for listening to this particular podcast. Again, we're called That's the Deal Podcast. I listen to our back catalog. We got a lot of good shit out there. If it's the first time listening to us, I recommend you listen to our 420 episode. Again, my personal favorite. Some real silly nonsense in that one. If you have comments or questions, you can reach out to us at thatsdealpodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook or Twitter at thatsdealpodcast. Um, I'd say go with Facebook. You can send us a message and we'll get back to you pretty quickly. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, we're terrible. Yeah, we are such assholes. Why do you like us? I mean, why do you like Jacqueline and me again? Okay. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye.